In the last week in the United States, over 678,000 cattle and 2.3 million hogs were harvested, resulting in over 550 million pounds of beef and 500 million pounds of pork being produced. In the news this week, Whole Foods is being sued for not adhering to their claims of no antibiotics ever. The company has used this claim on their website, in the store, and on packaging other products for years. And the nonprofit Farm Forward Group, which aims to end factory farming, is arguing that beef found at the store contained antibiotic residue, which directly goes against those marketing claims. And these claims lead to a 28% markup on all of the products that are in their store. Um, And so this is a big lawsuit coming forward due to that misleading promotion. The Special Olympics of South Dakota has reversed its position and is now in support of the proposed Holstone Farms pork packing plant in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The organization previously signed an open letter opposing the plant, but the CEO has since said that he screwed up and, after talking to area farmers, has changed the organization's stance. And finally, beef cow slaughter numbers are at the fastest recorded pace since the USDA Ag Marketing Service began reporting in 1986. The 2022 beef production forecast is expected to be nearly 28 billion pounds. Welcome to the meeting room. My name is Brianna Boozman, and thank you for joining me this week. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I recorded an episode. I was feeling great about it, but I also was thinking, like, I feel like I just gave a talk about this, and I couldn't figure out why. And turns out I had already recorded something along the same subject (laughs) just a couple months ago. And so today I'm going for round two. um, And hopefully this is not a topic that I have recently covered. Um, And if I have, well, if you are an up-to-date listener, I apologize if you're getting a repeat. um, But I don't think I have. So hopefully we will try this again. (laughs) And hopefully this time it goes a little better. So um, this week, what I want to talk a little bit about is just some of the different career opportunities and not only career opportunities, but all of the hands that go into making a great product. And um, when I say a great product, I don't just mean something that's versatile, something that um is a you know high quality protein source, but something that's nutritious that can be uh, utilized in so many different recipes, can be cooked in so many different ways, um, is common in households not only across the country but across the world. Really, the beef, the pork, the lamb, the poultry um, that is produced here in the United States as well as around the world is an incredible product, and so. Um, It's something I'm obviously pretty passionate about and excited to talk about. So when I was a when I was a kid, I went to a church camp uh, most summers. I usually went to Swan Lake Christian Camp near Viberg, South Dakota, and it was one of my favorite weeks of the summer. I always thought it was so much fun. But before our meals, we would pray, but we also would do kind of like a little sing-song thing where it was everybody kind of uh, pray together a little bit. 
And so one of them that we always did, and it's something that's always stuck with me, and I know I've said this one on here before, but back of the bread is the flour, and back of the flour is the mill, and back of the mill is the sun and the rain and the maker's will. And that always stuck with me because it really highlighted everything that it took to get something that was a staple, that bread, onto our table. Um, before it was the bread, it was the ingredients, it was the flour. Uh, before it was the flour, it had to go through the mill, and it took all of those processes to get it just to that flour to be made into bread. And even prior to it being at the mill, it required the sun, it required the rain, and it required the will of the maker or our Lord to uh, make sure that it was something that could be produced. And, and with the maker also, I would say um, it required the work of the farmer. It required the work of the seed salesman and all of that that went into producing just that simple, classic loaf of bread. And so that was something that was always just really, really powerful to me. And it made me appreciate all that goes into the food that we eat. And so have you ever just looked at your supper or your lunch or dinner, or whatever you choose to call it, and just think about all of the people that had to go to work to provide that meal for you? And if you ever do that, next time you're eating, seriously, just take a second and think about that. It could be something, you know, as complex as a three-course meal, or it could be a slice of Casey's pizza. Um, either way, it's it's pretty incredible to really think about all of the folks that had to work to provide that meal for you. If you just kind of take it step by step, you have your plate, you take it back to the grocery store, or if you were like me and you have meat in your freezer from what was produced at your home, um, maybe then instead of the grocery store, it was your local locker or your local butcher. Or if we're still not just talking about protein, but talking about those carbs, maybe it's a local bakery or, you know, still that grocery store that you're going back to. Um, at that store, is it the meat counter? Is it the bakery section? Is it the person just stocking the shelves? Um, or doing inventory, or doing the ordering. Um, prior to that, you had to have a trucker who was getting it from the uh, manufacturer to the store. You had the packing plant workers, or uh, the workers for whatever product that you're thinking of. Um, again, trucking and shipping that went into it, and all the way back to the farm, or really the place that it originated. And to me, that's something that it is incredible, honestly, thinking about the hundreds of people that had to play a part, and not only the people, but just like the processes, the technicality, the um, thinking about, you know, shipping from point A to point B. We hear about this now all the time um, about some of the different backups and that sort of thing in um, supply chains and all of that. We hear about that stuff all the time. But it's really kind of bringing to light everything that actually has to go into place to get that product to you. And it even adds some com complexity, complexity, that's the word, complexity, when you start thinking about um, foods that also had to be uh, imported or um, even just those extra layers of manufacturing. 
is is really something. And so when we're thinking about meat specifically, um, some of the things that really stick out to me, uh, the packing plant workers is a huge thing. I'm I'm very fortunate, um, not only in my uh, current role, but in previous roles that I get the opportunity to go into packing plants quite frequently. And I love it. Every single time I go in, I learn something new and it absolutely blows my mind. Um, the ability that the folks in there have, um, and honestly, how good of a job they do of things that, I mean, it literally takes them seconds to make these cuts that when I do it, it takes me forever because I get nervous and I don't want to screw something up. But it's just, it's mind blowing to see that. And not only at the packing plant do you have the people on the line, knives in hand, um, but you have people who are um, in charge of sanitation. You have people doing quality assurance or making sure that um, different specifications for meat products. So um, an example of that would be you have your ribeye roll. You only want it to have a half an inch of fat. Um, they're doing checks to make sure that it actually falls within that range. Or they're doing um, checks on some of the food safety stuff in terms of temperature and cleanliness. Uh, ground beef has certain fat contents that it has to be within. Um, doing those kinds of quality checks. Um, outside of that, you have the inspectors that are doing safety. You have veterinarians at the plants um, who are making sure that not only the animal was healthy prior to harvest, but doing checks um, after the animal has been harvested and looking at the carcass and looking at the internal organs to make sure that it was healthy and it's safe for um, consumption. And still at the packing plant, you also have your folks who maybe aren't out on the floor, um, but who are doing the accounting, the legal work, the sales, um, and really running all of the logistics behind the scenes. Um, and you have people who, again, they're on the floor but don't have a knife, that are doing the packaging and preparing for shipments and that sort of thing as well. Um, when you take it even a little bit further back from the plant, the veterinarians, again, making sure animals are healthy, livestock nutritionists, you have your uh, producers that are taking care of these animals day in and day out. Uh, you have people selling feed, people working for genetic companies, um, just thinking about equipment, what it takes to actually care for those animals, and all the reps that go into that uh, to make sure that the farm or the ranch has uh, really the right things that it needs to actually even be able to care for those animals. Overall, the meat industry in the United States directly employs over 525,000 people and so that's not necessarily thinking um, all of these different spidered out webs of how it ties to the meat industry, but really looking directly at um, that meat production in the plants, that sort of thing. And so directly employs 525,000 people and indirectly, so that's getting into this spider web of everybody who touches it, over 6.2 million people. And that is a huge, huge part of our population. And it's um, a huge part of um, our daily lives are impacted by all of these people. And something to me that's really cool about it is 
not only is it, you know, all these different jobs, all these different people, but it's people from every background that you can think of, every education level that you can think of. Um, that's one of the awesome things about the meat industry is you can start um, in a packing plant on a line out of high school uh, making 20 plus, 24 plus dollars an hour. Um, and you can work your way up. And if you're willing to show up and you're willing to work, you are setting very, very well. Um, so you can either go there with limited education. Um, there's awesome opportunities, again, not just in plants, but in the ag industry in general, uh, with a college degree, with a technical degree, two-year. Also, I mean, countless, countless opportunities. And it can even um, open up doors the further that you go on as well, different opportunities um, that you can do. For me, I, I have a master's degree, but there's a lot of jobs you can do and you can do very, very well for yourself that requires very little formal education. But again, if you show up and you work and you're willing to, to take that on, um, you can really, really be set up for success. And so, um, Again, it's just, for me, it's just mind-blowing thinking about all these things. Um, all those people who are devoted to producing a safe, a nutritious, high-quality product that you serve your family and that they serve theirs. Um, and it's just a pretty cool industry to be part of. And, you know, for me growing up um, on a farm, we have cattle, we have sheep. Our freezer was full of meat. And to me, it stopped at the book at the butcher, like it came from our farm, it went to the local locker, and then it came back to our farm. Uh, we'd bring it into the locker, we'd pick it up, and our freezer was full. And I really never realized how great of a blessing that was until I moved to Idaho for grad school. I was 20 plus hours away from home. And all of a sudden, when I started running out of ground beef, I had to go to the grocery store, and I had to actually start realizing that it wasn't quite a such a simple process um and you know through the opportunities of going into these different plants and into different stores and food service things every time you know it's it's just a cooler and cooler experience and to me I'm it's been so fun just to see uh the care and the passion that goes into producing such a high quality product um that really you know, feeds, feeds us, it feeds our country and it feeds our world. And um, I would highly encourage if you're involved with like any of the 4-H programs, FFA, just ag classes, any of that kind of thing, um, a cool opportunity or kind of activity, I should say, um, that I would do with students when I worked in 4-H extension was building a timeline of farm to fork. Um, it could I mean, super basic of farm, plant, grocery store, home, um, and then have the students kind of start talking about these different careers that come from it, all the people that played a role in those things. So if you're thinking about the packing plant, you're thinking of the line worker, um, sanitation, inspection, but then even going into those other jobs of the accounting and HR and legal it really doesn't matter what your interest is. Like there is an opportunity here and it can be a, a cool experience for students, um, especially those who are maybe considering what they want to do 
after high school um, to really realize that no matter what their interest is, likely there's a place for them within the meat industry. And so uh, next time you celebrate a birthday with a steak, or maybe it's not a birthday, maybe it's just a Tuesday that you're eating a steak or you have a hot dog um, at a football game this fall, um, take a minute and just think about all the hands that had to play a role to provide that meal for you. Um, and I hope that you will appreciate that bite just a little bit more. So thank you for joining me this week in the meeting room, and I look forward to visiting with you again soon.